Hello ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Point Counterpoint. Okay, so before I show you my interview that I had with J. Scott Christensen, just a little rundown. Uh, we talk about some very interesting subjects such as artificial intelligence, uh, social media, big tech, whether we should regulate social media and big tech, break up these companies? Is that the proper thing to do? Should we try to do this to increase competition and, innov and innovation between the companies? You'll have to watch to find out. I was very intrigued by many of these topics. And I think you will be too. We also talk about issues such as those that arise from uh, the increasing automation in our society. And without further ado, I present J. Scott Christensen. Okay, so welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Today, I've brought on a guest, which is Jay Scott Christensen, and I will allow you to introduce yourself. Yeah, so my name uh, is Scott. You can just call me Scott here, and uh, I am currently an assistant teaching professor at the University of Missouri. I teach in the management uh, department, and I teach a lot about information systems. And as you can imagine, there's a lot going on right now when we think about business, when we think about how information ships, mm -hmm. information systems are changing things and affecting our society. And so um, I really enjoy my uh, position here and getting to interact with students as we think through um, what impacts these things are going to have on us. But uh, previous to joining the University of Missouri, I ran my own IT business for uh, about 15, 18 years or so. So mm -hmm. did a lot of video conferencing and, and uh, got to... Uh, have a very interesting career there learning how to run a business. Okay. So what is it that you mainly focus on at, in your, uh, in your, as being a professor at the University of Missouri? So uh, we talk a lot about how information systems are used, how they're uh, managed. We talk about information security. We talk about project management. So there's a, a wide range of uh, issues, as you can imagine, that um, people going into business or people that are going to be running different organizations have to think about uh, when it comes to uh, how these systems are going to be run and how they're going to be used effectively to compete in a marketplace, but also, um, uh, like I said, with a lot of things that are going on right now with changing regulation, how do we uh, um, protect personal information, how do we think about privacy, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, one thing that I wanted to uh, ask you about was uh, is how artificial intelligence is being used by humans to manipulate others. So, so. Well, that's uh, actually a topic we're going to be talking about next week. So artificial intelligence is a uh, kind of a broad term, right, for mm -hmm. uh, a, a lot of different technologies. Of course, mm -hmm. some of us think about what we call general AI, which is, you know, the the thinking machine. So there's been lots and lots of movies about this where we have some machine that 
may be benevolent or, or malevolent, either one, um, as far as their interaction with humans, but it's able to think on its own. But really mm -hmm. what most artificial intelligence is today is a, a narrow field called um, machine learning. Mm -hmm. And basically what we can do with machine learning is that we can give a uh, computer kind of a, a starting point of algorithms and we can train it to do various things. So one of the things that we can train it to do is uh, try to uh, hit certain goals. So if I say, well, I would like uh, my social media platform to have Chris uh, watch more videos. Mm -hmm. uh, we're a YouTube style social media platform. Well, um, it doesn't say I want him to watch more videos that are going to be mm -hmm. truthful or that I watch, watch more videos that are going to make him feel better about his life and the world, mm -hmm. but I just want him to watch more videos, right? So it may just be uh, considered relatively benign when you deploy this algorithm, but mm -hmm. it may be that you get excited by certain um, things that are either um, not correct, so you start to think, oh, well, the government is hiding aliens from us, or they are yep. uh, doing some other sort of thing, and you that tends to engage you more. Uh, the algorithm doesn't care, right? So it just cares that um, uh, you have more engagement. So that's one of the ways that um, I, I don't think we need to be fearful of some general AI. We need to be fearful of these uh, platforms where somebody is designing something uh, to... Uh, manipulate our behavior to encourage certain behaviors or to uh, even shift our ideas okay so mm -hmm. if uh, say okay well scott i know scott is um uh you know kind of a middle of the road guy and i'd like him to vote for my candidate mm -hmm. uh, maybe what i can do is try to uh, test different ideas so i'll put an ad up about something he cares about and i'll see if uh uh, I can use that to kind of drive his beliefs toward uh, preferring a certain candidate. So it really is mm -hmm. starting to get these kind of weird areas where you start to have more like psychological operations rather than just, um, uh, you know, strict advertising. Mm -hmm. and, and you've probably seen, Chris, that there's going on with this right now. You know, we had, what it was two weeks ago now that Twitter kind of dropped the bomb and said, uh, we're uh, not going to be taking political ads, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, um, a little bit of a slam from J Jack Dorsey on my Mark Zuckerberg, and yep. uh, but it's probably not that simple, right? Because really, what Twitter did was they said, "Well, we can't uh, understand what's going on here, so we're just kind of throwing up our arms, and uh, we're going to say we're not going to deal with it." Um, mm -hmm. That might be a good uh, idea to do with uh, a technology you don't uh, understand or, or something you don't uh, know how to uh, regulate. But we're mm -hmm. now got a whole other set of problems, right? So what is what is a political ad? So if I say uh, vote for the uh, Clean uh, uh, Streets Act in Columbia, Missouri, mm -hmm. um, that may be a political ad. Well, what if I just put out, hey, I'm Scott, um, and I just really think we should have clean streets. Well, mm -hmm. is that now a political ad? You know, so it's uh, kind yeah. of substituting one uh, set of problems for another. But it's uh, one of the reasons you see Facebook, Google, um, all these um, different platforms being highly criticized is the artificial intelligence that's behind it. It makes them so effective, uh, cool. but it also makes them so dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, that's one of the um, uh, big topics that we're kind of uh, discussing now. Uh, in, and not only that, but then uh, just going beyond, uh, or not beyond, but maybe uh, alongside those issues are uh, what is the effect on social media on ourselves, right? Um, mm -hmm. So I, we did a little experiment last week where I picked on certain students and I asked them to uh, unlock their iPhone so I could see how much social media time they had spent. And some of them were upward of six to seven hours a day. Um, and uh, it, it comes in little slices, right? A little 10, min 10 minutes here, maybe an hour here, and you don't really realize how much that's added up. Of course, we're getting to the end of semester and students are like, oh, I don't, I don't have time to study. I don't have time to <laughs> write that paper. But um, I said, well, what if I told you you could reclaim six hours a day um, of your life? Uh, and, uh, you know, what would uh, that effect have? Now, I can't say that my generation is somehow immune to that because we, we tend to be addicted to our emails, right? So we, oh, mm -hmm. that new email came in. Oh. I just, I just wasted a, a bunch of time responding to some email that probably I should have just ignored, right? Yeah. So we're, it's, it's a human trait, not necessarily a generational uh, type of thing or a technology mm -hmm. dependent thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, so like social media was basically just designed to be addictive, especially like Instagram, Twitter. So like they, they make it so you, you constantly want to keep getting more information from learning about what your friends are doing, what your favorite celebrities are saying. And right, so they, exactly. They designed all the interfaces to be, to attract you to want more. And in fact, I have a book here called Persuasive Technology. Mm -hmm. It's by BJ Fogg and uh, using computers to change what we think and do. Um, um, Dr. Fogg is a professor at Stanford and uh, as you uh, are probably well aware a lot of these companies are within uh, you know biking distance of the Stanford campus uh, out in California and he writes about how you know things like the infinite scroll where it just scrolls down and down and down uh, and uh, you're just kind of a random reward so um, you you don't know if that next thing is going to give you that little dopamine hit where you get excited about it uh, and, and that's exactly what uh, we get out of social media if you get likes you get that little uh, dopamine hit. And so uh, I sometimes say that this should be in the forbidden section of the library, <laughs> kind of like in Harry Potter. Um, mm -hmm. um, he wrote this book not necessarily to uh, encourage people to manipulate um, other people, but um, I think uh, uh, he was trying to point out the dangers of it. Uh, but unfortunately, that kind of uh, backfired on, on him. And uh, so a lot of those things that we see uh, that are copied, if, if uh, Snapchat has a feature and it ends up being more addictive, we see that copied into other platforms. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, it's about you know maximizing that engagement so that you can maximize ad revenue. And that's another thing that we kind of discuss from a business perspective. If you look at uh, a company like uh, Apple or Amazon, those are one of the right big tech companies that we think about, and uh, they have a fairly diverse revenue stream. So they don't make their money just from uh, videos or selling books or selling things online. Amazon also has a platform called AWS where they make a lot of uh, money from, which mm -hmm. offers a service. Yep. And Apple has, uh, you know, obviously products, phone products, uh, 
PC products there, trying to get into different types of services, so on cloud and things like that. Uh, but you look at uh, Facebook and Google, well, they, they've uh, diversified their expenses. You know, they bought the Oculus and Google screws around with driverless cars and stuff like that, but they're, all their income is still advertising. They have no other income base um, other than that advertising. So uh, for them, they can't really, you know, walk away from uh, this particular aspect. So um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Certainly it's gotten the attention of politicians here in Missouri. Mm -hmm. We are represented by Senator Josh Hawley is one of our two uh, representatives. And he's actually proposed a bill that says that you should not allow that infinite scrolling. So uh -huh. you so you would actually, uh, if you were one of these social media platforms, you'd have to um, not have that built in. That would be kind of a forbidden technology. So what, what do you think about that, Chris? Do you think that's uh, something yeah. we should be legislating? Or? Yeah, I, I can definitely see the benefits of that. Um, there is definitely a problem in social media addiction particularly among uh, young people. But uh, I'm just wondering, what, what would be like the alternative to the scrolling? Well, uh, the uh, alternative would be something that might scroll a little bit or you have to go from one page to another, you know, that requires some user interaction. So mm -hmm. uh, that's a little bit uh, more thoughtful. Mm -hmm. uh, or it may stop, or you know. Uh, yeah, so it stops at a certain point and that's, that's where you're done or you have to go um, to the next page or something like that. Mm -hmm. I find Instagram does that a little bit now. It's it's got the feature where after after you scroll through all the new posts, then it says you're all caught up, instead of just going on through all different posts, even pages that you don't follow. And if you want that stuff, then you have to go to the explore section, where you can see different all those different posts. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting because I think. Um, uh, there is some generational differences in how um, people consume these products. Um, it's interesting to me too that um, maybe 10 years ago a lot of the students were really oversharing things. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of my students now are much more um, deliberate in uh, you know how they who they share with. Uh, they have protected Instagram accounts. They have protected mm -hmm. Twitter. Um, and so in some respects, they're a little uh, smarter. Um, unfortunately, not always. There was a situation that came up uh, where a student had sent a picture that uh, uh, they wanted to blur um, a certain part out. Okay, And you can mm -hmm. figure out what that might, picture might be about. But mm -hmm. in, in Snapchat, um, really, that's a layer. And they thought they had altered the picture. And so they sent that picture to a group. And then mm -hmm. uh, somebody could just say, oh, well, view the original, right? Mm -hmm. And so then they could see it without the blurred part. Um, so I think there's uh, still, you know, a lot of misunderstanding about what's how these platforms really get used, right? And mm -hmm. um, I think that's, uh, you know, a problem. You know, there's no warning that says, like, oh, you understand you're really not altering their original photo or you know do you want to mm -hmm. alter their photo so there was an instance that uh, cropped up uh, not too long ago that uh, you know was about that feature or about that aspect of not understanding how snapchat really works so mm -hmm. yeah 
Um, another thing that I want to look at is uh, regulation of social media. And so that's one thing I want to ask you about. Right. So um, uh, it's, uh, you know, kind of a hot topic nowadays. I just talked about that uh, idea that you might regulate certain aspects of social media. Um, there is or, something called the break up different. Yeah. There's a, a, something called the COPPA Act, where basically it says that without a parental consent, you, um, uh, if you're under 13, you cannot have a social media account. Um, however, that's violated, you know, right and left. Uh, and what's uh, really disturbing is I think uh, people, especially uh, of teenage age, um, you know, there's a lot of social pressures you want to be liked. And um, it's not only the addictive quality or um, how they're spending their time, but, um, you know, there's people out there that prey on, on kids like that as well. And in yeah. fact, uh, in uh, two weeks, I will have uh, Detective Tracy Perkins from the Boone County Cyber Crimes Task Force come and talk to us about the crimes that she investigates. And she and I think maybe three or four deputies are full time with this. They have a full time prosecutor. We're a relatively small county, you know, uh, my city I'm living in here is about 120,000 people. Mm -hmm. uh, but yet, um, there's a huge amount of uh, cyber crime, and unfortunately, a lot of it is uh, sex crimes against children. Mm -hmm. And so this often starts on social media, on um, different chat forums, or people finding people on social media and getting them to go to these yep. places. And yep. uh, I've really, um, you know, personally, I... I got rid of um, uh, Facebook. I got rid of Instagram. Mm -hmm. I, I do still do Twitter and Reddit. Um, and mm -hmm. I, what I've done is I've deleted those off my phone. So I have an iPad at home and I can mm -hmm. obviously do it from a computer. It makes it more hard and it limits my usage of that, right? Uh -huh. uh, but um, if, if you were to hear Detective Perkins and some of the things that um, have happened, um, you would start to get more convinced that really, you know, uh, allowing anybody under 18 to have um, a social media account is probably a really bad idea. Yeah. Uh, so um, now that, uh, you know, obviously uh, all these platforms are going to push back against it, but um, you know, 18 is, kind of, except for drinking alcohol, 18 is kind of that age, right? So you can join the military, you can enter into uh, private contracts, you can be sued, you can be charged as an adult, mm -hmm. you can um, get married, you know, mm -hmm. all these kind of good things when you're 18. And so that might be a more appropriate age for mm -hmm. looking at, you know, how we regulate yeah. these platforms. Um, so I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a difficult uh, thing, uh, but I think uh, more people are becoming aware of it. Um, I don't know if you saw in the last couple of weeks, Facebook reported their earnings, their uh, user uh, engagement was actually down, but their earnings were way up, once again, because mm -hmm. this machine learning is very effective, okay? Mm -hmm. If I am um, company, uh, Ac the Acme company, and I want to get uh, you to click on ads, and I put a, a couple million dollars behind that, um, you and a lot of people like you, I'm probably going to get a lot of clicks, so it's actually uh, a very good marketing strategy is to use Facebook because they have so much data about you and so much metadata so they can mm -hmm. correlate. The people that um, get on Facebook at night tend to click on more ads to buy things. 
Okay, yep. so that's more effective time for buying uh, clothes or for buying, if you're a male, probably for buying gadgetry. Okay, maybe you've had mm -hmm. a drink or two. So don't drink and shop online, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, they can correlate all this stuff and, um, uh, you know, then use it very effectively. Uh, we used to say in marketing that um, half of your marketing dollars are wasted. You just don't know which half. Mm -hmm. And these platforms have really changed that um, dynamic that uh, it's not just a shotgun approach. You're not just uh, buying some airtime or some newspaper ads. Now you can really target. I want to see males uh, that mm -hmm. are this age that are going to the University of Missouri that also are into skateboards. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so it's very effective advertising and targeting and it, and it works. Um, so, uh, yeah, how, would, how do you deal with a company like Facebook or Google? Because uh, there's not going to be anybody that's going to be effective to compete with them. So mm -hmm. should these be regulated more like a monopoly where um, maybe um, as a competitor to Google, you also have the ability to um, uh, uh, see some of Google's data or share in that data like it was a public resource, like more mm -hmm. like a public utility. Um, yeah. And there's some arguments for breaking up these uh, uh, companies. So Facebook, of course, absorbed WhatsApp, Instagram. Uh, and so now you have uh, Facebook is very rapidly trying to integrate all three of these. Um, and I would say that part of the reason they're willing to do that is because they don't want regulators to come in and say, oh, you got to break, break these out. You can't have all three of the major platforms used in the Western world. Mm -hmm. Of course, in China, they're going to use things like WeChat. Okay, that, which are dominant, and, and I think yep. Facebook wants to be the WeChat for the rest of the rest of the world, and that's why they propose things like this Libra cryptocurrency. That um, if it was mm -hmm. proposed by some other company, it probably would have gone so somewhere, but uh, mm -hmm. nobody trusts Facebook uh, uh, to uh, effectively do that. Mm -hmm. So, so I, you, what's that? Oh, go ahead. So, would you support breaking up companies like uh, Facebook, Google, those places, or? Um, you know, I think Facebook, uh, they, they never should have been allowed to acquire these other uh, adjacent um, platforms that were competitors because um, it's just uh, sucked all the air out of mm -hmm. that place from a competitive standpoint. And yeah. I would say that we uh, break them up, not because we're mad mm -hmm. at Facebook per se, but because we're capitalists. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. So I yeah. look at AT&T and how that was broken up. That unleashed enormous uh, economic gains. Uh, enormous companies were created. Uh, most people don't remember, but uh, back in the early 70s, you couldn't connect or even go buy a telephone that wasn't an AT&T telephone or mm -hmm. licensed through AT&T because you were not allowed to connect anything to the network for fear it might damage it. Mm -hmm. Okay, that was their excuse. Well, so you couldn't buy a modem, okay? So you wonder why the telecommunications uh, that happened in the 80s was all with modems and things like that? Well, that was because we were allowed to actually attach something that uh, wasn't didn't have an AT&T logo on it uh, from, uh, you know, to our telephone lines. And so that really ch changed things, and I think it would unleash a huge amount of potential if you had these uh, companies competing against each other. So let's say mm -hmm. that uh, Google and YouTube were broken up. So Google's the number one search engine. Number two um, is it 
could be considered Amazon, depending on how you look at the data, or mm -hmm. it's YouTube. Okay, mm -hmm. and I do it all the time. If I have a problem at home with my washer and dryer, I'm on YouTube, right? I'm like, how do you fix a <laughs> dryer like this, right? Yeah. And uh, or even here at school, if I'm trying to do something in a spreadsheet and do an analysis that's not working, how do I do that, right? So it's a great tool. Mm -hmm. But if you were to break those two up, it wouldn't be long before YouTube might think about how could we get into search? How could we use what people are searching here for videos to um, develop a search engine? And I bet you uh, Google would be like, okay, how do we get into video? How can we, how can we do something with video? Um, and uh, so I think you would actually start to see enormous potential. You'd see um, uh, ability for uh, other companies to come into the space and start to compete mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. But right now, Unite, uh, you know, Google and, and YouTube. Uh, I knew, do know there's at least one other video service as a Vimeo, um, I believe. Um, that's some popular in certain uh, niches, but uh, they're just really, it would be hard for us to come up. Even if you and I had a better idea, we would get no funding for that, right? If we had mm -hmm. a better search engine idea, because they would say there's no way you can compete with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really allows for more uh, technological innovation and uh, competition, because now when they're broken up, they're able to uh, try to try to outdo the other their competitors to. Tr so uh, one of them tries to come up with a new idea that's better than the others, and the other ones come up with another idea. So like uh, Google came out with Google Glass, and uh, Apple comes out with the Apple Watch, and they're all trying to come up with new, new great technologies. All right. Yeah, no, I think uh, that's the way to look at it, and that's the correct way to look at it. Mm -hmm. So if you think about yeah. uh, now um, WhatsApp is competing with Messenger, Okay, that's going to change the dynamic of that WhatsApp platform. Are we now going to have built-in payment systems in there? Um, and how is that going to differ from the built-in payment systems of uh, Messenger, kind of like uh, Venmo or something like that? So I think um, uh, there's, a, there's a strong argument for, uh, um, and these are anti-competitive companies, mm -hmm. and that's why they either need to be regulated or broken up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, it's a, you know, another thing that we might think of uh, that as far as regulation and talking in more generic terms, not just about any a particular company, is the idea of an FDA for technology. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Food and Drug Administration doesn't let Scott go out and just start selling some elixir, right, that uh, I say it's going to make you stronger. Uh, it has to be, there's some regulation about what you can say, um, what you can have as far as the contents. So I can't put in radioactive materials into that um, uh, elixir and sell it. Uh, that's actually how the FDA got started, was back in the uh, uh, early part of the last century. The people were selling snake oil products and they had one that came radium and people started dying from it at a high frequency. And um, so that's how the FDA came about. So same sort of thing. Okay, well, uh, should teens be able to consume something that has an infinite scroll, that has a certain level of addictiveness? Well, mm -hmm. we don't allow teens to consume um, nicotine, right, or um, tobacco products because it has a certain level of addictiveness that we mm -hmm. say we're going to reserve for uh, adulthood when, in theory, you're going to have a better judgment about so uh, FDA for technology, some people have kind of called on that as, as an idea. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, another thing I wanted to bring up was uh, surveillance capitalism. And so I was wondering, uh, what, what, what do you have to say about that? Or... Yeah, so surveillance capitalism is kind of like um, we were just talking about with Google and with Facebook, where they are, um, well, let's just uh, talk about Google. You think about all the different services they have. So they have Gmail, but they look at your emails, right? Not only the email content, but the email of who you sent it to, when you sent it, um, where where you are when you send it, where the other person is, all that metadata. When I um, get on Google Maps and I use that to go to my barbershop, okay, it starts to uh, know um, when does Scott leave? When does he leave work? When does he go to the barber? Um, you know, all this type of metadata, not just what route did he drive. Mm-hmm. And so they're able to surveil this, uh, what some people have called like data exhaust. And so this data exhaust, this stuff we leave behind long after we've gone to the barber or long after we've, um, you know, searched something on Google uh, is able to be used to, uh, you know, uh, provide us with these ads. And so that's this idea that we're not making money by providing a direct service per se. We're making money by harvesting data and then using that data that we've by uh, surveilling somebody basically and using that data to either manipulate their behavior or to uh, you know generally get them to buy something right mm-hmm. so that's um, this idea of surveillance capitalism and there's a, a very good book by that title uh, I will warn uh, folks that's somewhat uh, academic Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a little bit, uh, it's 780 some pages. Yeah. Uh, it took me um, most of the summer to get through it because I could read about 10 pages at a time. Uh, but um, there's a couple other good ones. There's one called Like War, which is uh, very interesting about how social media and AI is being used in um, uh, by, by governments, right? So mm-hmm. uh, governments to influence policy. Yep. Um, the, uh, I, t- I tell you what, uh, I do have a website. It's called learnabout.ai, so not .com or .net. Okay. Learnabout.ai. Yeah, learnabout.ai, and it's got all those books um, listed as well as some alternatives. So um, if you don't want to read that whole book, that author has done several uh, podcasts and several um uh, interviews on, that you can watch, and um, so I try and list all that as well as some AI applications that you can try out for your iPhone or Android. Uh, if you want to really think about, uh, you know, how is this uh, can this technology be used? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so an- another thing that I want to bring up was uh, what what do you think about uh, regulating artificial intelligence? So like uh, what someone like Elon Musk proposes to in order to make sure that we don't end up in a catas- catastrophic event with a, like a technological singularity. I think, um, uh, well, one, I do think uh, the singularity idea is probably a long ways further mm-hmm. off than most people yeah. realize. A lot of AI, AI is kind of dumb. The one um, point that Elon Musk makes that I think um, we should think about is how fast things move. So there's this idea called Moore's Law where the Mm -hmm. speed of a processor doubles every two years. Now that's Mm -hmm. starting to slow down, but we now have cloud computing where we can aggregate processors and things are getting faster and faster and faster. Mm -hmm. 
And so the rate of improvement is fairly astonishing, even on these machine learning. But I think um, that is something that we need to uh, look at because um, it can be used, you know, uh, by governments to manipulate people. Uh, it can be used in lots of different ways. So in the short term, uh, in the long term, uh, what you're talking about, um, you know, I think has some merit as well. So we need to start having that discussion. And just like we had uh, kind of a nuclear proliferation treaty, mm -hmm. right? So we try to limit the uh, ways in which you can use nuclear material, uh, mm -hmm. and especially in those extremely dangerous ways, like nuclear weapons, um, mm -hmm. might try to uh, limit the way that the, this type of uh, um, computing power can be used as well. And, mm -hmm. um, so I think that that's something that we need to see more discussion on. And unfortunately, I think a lot of that discussion is happening in the EU and in other countries. And I think, um, I don't know if we're just too distracted by our social <laughs> media, but, but we're not seeing that discussion happening here so much. Yeah. So, yeah, so even though this singularity is probably a, a long ways down the road, um, do, you, do you see it happening where this where it's going to be a major problem, like maybe the the this these uh this tech the AI is going to have a will that is in direct contrast to our own, or do you think it's going to be a little more uh, in tune with our own? Well, I think that's uh, you know once again kind of the discussion we have to have. So uh, not only Elon Musk but also uh, Stephen Hawking, who uh, the famous physicist who passed away, you know talked about this that you have to set some ground rules. So uh, if you remember, like um, uh, Asimov had his um, uh, rules for robotics, right? So. Uh, the first uh, first one I think was that a robot shall do nothing to um, uh, harm or cause injury to a human. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll do everything it can to protect um, a uh, a human from harm, and we'll then uh, at the last uh, last rules that um, if it if it can to protect itself. Um, provided that it uh, puts the, you know, the human first, right? So mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, can you build in, uh, if you're trying to do a general AI, uh, are there certain principles that can be built in that would uh, assure us that we have the AI that gets developed that is going to be um, an ally to humans rather than an ad adversary? Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I, if you, um, I tell you, I'll give you, I, this is not on the learn about that AI, but um, if you want to watch a, um, uh, an old movie from my generation called War Games. Uh, War and it's Games? With, yes, with a yet very young Matthew Broderick. Um, it was considered mm -hmm. for many years uh, one of the best um, movies as far as technology because he uses uh, um, some called war dialing to... Um, uh, figure out where certain computers are and things like that. And uh, mm -hmm. also Ali Sheedy's in that and several other uh, folks that you'll recognize. And uh, it talks about how would, what if AI was being used in war, right? So mm -hmm. could it set up certain scenarios uh, whereby we turn uh, over the use of uh, military technology to some AI. Now, there are probably some great arguments for doing that, right? If you're, uh, you know, a parent and your son or daughter is going out to the battlefield, would you would you rather have them going alongside an AI that can 
help them determine where the enemy is or make that mm -hmm. war end. Well, sure you would. Right? And yep. Certainly we want, want to minimize the loss of life in war. But mm -hmm. uh, you could uh, imagine a scenario if you turn, turn over uh, these systems to some sort of AI, uh, it could be really dangerous pretty fast. Yeah. One, one thing that I wonder about with artificial intelligence is, so let's say you program into it that it, that it doesn't want to harm or uh, kill any humans, and it wants to protect us as much as possible. So what if it took that so literally that it just uh, decided to put us into some sort of like surveillance state, where all of a sudden it's like, it's just controlling everything that we do and it's trying to protect us. But like, we, we really don't have any choice as far as our actions within our life. Right. Yeah, so why don't they just mm -hmm. sedate us all, right? Mm -hmm. Give us all some sedative and uh, then we'll be compliant. And uh, I just had a foot surgery done. So they, the first thing they do when you come in there is they give you an IV within some happy juice, they call it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it basically makes you do whatever they tell you to do, you know, roll over, you know, sit back, do this. Um, but uh, yeah, so that would not be a good scenario either because humans, we, we need challenges, right? So we need challenges, mm -hmm. we need things, uh, we may complain about them, they may, we may lose sleep over our challenges, but um, we need to be pushing ourselves at a certain mm -hmm. level. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see how things happen in the uh, coming decade. Uh, we already have one uh, presidential candidate, Andrew Yang, who's been yeah. talking a lot about how do we get ready for AI. So his big concern being um, the jobs that will be lost um, due to AI. And uh, are we going to reap the benefits of that or mm -hmm. just certain companies going to reap the benefits of that? Mm -hmm. You know, should we have a, he calls it a freedom benefit. Benefit or freedom dividend, I believe, yeah, yeah. and um, uh, others have called for a universal basic income. And what would that look like? And there are other examples of that. So, Alaska, for example, if you're a citizen of Alaska, you get uh, a dividend essentially from the oil. Right? Mm -hmm. So, in Norway, has a similar uh, program as well. So, if you uh, uh, we're a trucker, and uh, now the autonomous trucks are gone. Uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, should you get some sort of reward for, um, you know, the system of trucking got set up that is now being automated. Um, mm -hmm. So it's an interesting question. And uh, some people uh, believe that, well, AI is going to create more jobs than it uh, destroys. But I think mm -hmm. there is some evidence that this may be unlike uh, previous technical revolutions and it is probably more difficult to go from uh, the factory uh, to being an AI programmer than it is was to go from for example from the farm to the factory oh, I'm still here are you still there hello 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 I'm here hello can you hear me uh, okay just yeah, just kind of uh, lagged a little bit there for a second. Okay, good. Well, I don't know if the recording on this gets recorded in the cloud, but maybe it'll all be there. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> so well, what was just the last like minute that you, the last 20 seconds that you said? Yeah, so um, uh, we have one presidential candidate, Andrew Yang, that's been looking at um, uh, how AI is going to affect jobs. And uh, some people will argue that 
well, AI will displace certain industries, but mm -hmm. will create new jobs, right, in different areas, and be an AI programmer or something. But I think there's a good argument to be made that this revolution is different than previous ones. Mm -hmm. Yes, here at the university, we no longer have typists in a steno pool. We used to have mm -hmm. people, that's all they did was typing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we had computers. Now we have an ID, IT department. We have people selling technology, servicing technology. Mm -hmm. So um, there's probably been a good shift, right? Because those are higher paying jobs. But it's probably much more difficult to go from uh, being a truck driver to being an AI programmer than it is uh, in previous revolutions where it was you were going from being a farmer to being working in a factory, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's just a, a different type of uh, work and it may require, uh, because of this machine learning, may require many, many less people, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's also uh, places like uh, uh, accounting that are going to be affected by this. So. Uh, a lot of the uh, basic accounting work is drudgery uh, that uh, has a very uh, effective pattern for it, right? So there's a certain pattern that you, when you're reconciling books or something like that, and so that might be automated. Radiology is probably going to change very quickly, very, very fast, mm -hmm. because that's a area where the radiologist is good at pattern matching. Great application for machine learning. Very good at pattern matching. And in fact, they're finding that some of these AIs to do radiology mm -hmm. are just as good or better than radiologists uh, right now. So, how do radiologists change their profession? Right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe we don't have as many radiologists in the future. Yep. So, do you see uh, universal basic income, such as the Freedom Dividend, to be uh, to, to be a good uh, remedy for some of the displaced jobs in the from increasing automation? Well, um, or do you think there's another solution? Um, I think it's something we need to look at. I think it's something we should try. Um, I think there's a, um, some people have a knee-jerk reaction against it because they think, oh, well, I don't want to, mm -hmm. people shouldn't uh, not work. But I find here at the university that there's a lot of people that would actually probably go out and start their own business if they mm -hmm. had, you know, a little bit of security. Uh, either yes. with uh, some sort of healthcare coverage. That's we mm -hmm. have great healthcare here at the university, and, mm -hmm. um, and if you could even say, okay, well, I know my family's still covered, or I know I'm not going to have to make everything. Um, I'm at least going to be able to pay for some food or something like that yep. um, from this income. They would probably go start their own business, and so I think mm -hmm. it would actually be an economic boon if yeah. we had some things um, and um, I, I this idea that people are inherently lazy or something uh, I, I don't believe at all um, mm -hmm. I think if they're given the, the right incentives uh, people do want to take on new challenges and do want to create mm -hmm. their own business I think America is a very entrepreneurial place but unfortunately mm -hmm. startups right now are at an all-time low okay? yeah the highest they were was in the 1970s okay uh, when we yeah. uh, uh, so I think um, we need to do something to uh, you know jump start this and I think uh, there's experiments going on with this right now and uh, so I think it's at least worth looking into yeah I think there will be some people that they take their thousand dollars a month and they don't really do anything productive with it but I think uh, as a general rule most people take it and they'll do something they'll invest in they're in creative interests, they'll start a business, 
or do whatever uh, to contribute to the economy. Yeah, we may we may end up with you know tens of thousands of really crappy songwriters mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, around the streets, but that, that's probably okay, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So I'd rather live in a world like that than uh, one where people are you know uh, homeless afraid or something. To, afraid yeah. to try anything new. Right. Right. And uh, um, so um, I think that. Uh, you know, it's we also need to start focusing on uh, uh, not how do we have a good job or a good income, but how do we have a good life, mm-hmm. right? So that's one of the concerns I have. Some of the attitudes we have uh, in, in business schools is, you know, we got to have a good job, and it's, a good job means it pays this much. Well, mm-hmm. you know, it's a good job meaning that you feel like you're doing something worthwhile with your life, that you're engaged with it, that you're working with people you respect. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things about my job that are uh, not about income, right? So I get to do things that challenge me. I get to work with people I respect and work on hard problems. So mm-hmm. that yeah. makes it worthwhile. So. All right. So uh, just some finishing thoughts here. So are, are you hopeful for... Uh... The future of uh, technology, AI, uh, social media. Do you, um, do you see a I positive am, future? I am. Uh, yeah, I'm always an optimist. Um, being a former uh, business owner, you have to be an optimist, I think. Uh, and um, I am hopeful that we're starting to take a look at how AI is going to really change things. I think we're starting to ask critical questions. I am glad to see that we have a, a presidential candidate and probably. Um, more of them will be doing this is raising these questions about AI, raising these questions about social media. Um, because I think if people really understand what's going on, um, uh, they'll uh, make some good decisions. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, are there any uh, finishing thoughts you'd like to make or? No, um, you can, uh, uh, like I said, um, it's great to talk about these things and I um, uh, mm-hmm. hope your listeners will find it interesting. If they um, yeah. they do want to contact me on that learnabout.ai, there is a, a link there to contact me if they want. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and if they have any suggestions, so there's a little form at the bottom if they have a book or uh, a video or something like that that they would suggest that would be really good for um, learning about AI. Um, I would uh, be very interested in hearing from Okay. So that's been the show for today, ladies and gentlemen, um, with uh, Scott Christensen. Um, You can find him on Twitter at jscottmo. Um, This has been Point Counterpoint. Thank you for coming on. All right. Thank you, Chris. Take care. Yep. You too.